Cameron, have you ever considered yourself lucky? No. I'm no. already laughing. The only time that I've won anything is at my school's poker night, and I won a pair of Beats headphones. How'd you but win that's it? it. Wasn't a raffle. No. Oh. Oh. No, I, I was terrible at poker that night. It was so bad because I, I really like poker, and I, we'll talk about that later. But. Isn't that the worst when you think you're good at a game and you lose? <laughs> yeah, it's like the difference between playing a video game like co-op and online. I've never been lucky. Even like arcade games, I don't go to casinos, but I just never get lucky winning things hmm. often. The only time I benefit or win anything is from my own hard work. Sure. So that's what I'll say. Although I will, like, I think I, if I had to think really hardly, I'm sure I could come up with a couple things I've won. Sure. Just through pure luck. I will say there was this time I was at Dave and Buster's that I won a bunch of tickets. And I haven't said this to you already, Cameron, <laughs> but I won a bunch of tickets because I happened to walk up to a machine that was broken. And then I got one guy. That's to not f- lucky. I, I, wa- I Well, I consider it lucky. I got one guy to walk up and try to fix it. And he couldn't fix it. Hmm. And then I walked up to another guy to get it fixed. And then tickets just started pouring out like tons of them. And, he's and like, he was like, I'm a minimum wage worker. You could take all. Yeah. Those. He was like, I do not care. You can have them. And I was like, <laughs> luck. luck. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, whether you're lucky or not, ladies and gentlemen, you're lucky to be listening to this. Podcast. Oh, that's good. Welcome to episode 21 of everything comes from something. Ooh, Boom. The, the luckiest podcast, the luckiest intro. Because we already recorded that three times. (laughs) (laughs) I will warn you, episode 21 is going to be epic. It's 21 plus. But I want to tell you this. I cannot speak on this Saturday morning. Yeah, apparently San Jose is in a cloud, a literal cloud. It's not morning. Of smoke. Okay? Just letting you know. Oh my gosh, it's 3.010. Yeah, (laughs) it's 3.010. Yep. There's California fires going on right now. The smoke's messing with my head. I can't say my words. Yeah, right. it's terrible. So this episode is a special episode because our executive producer, you may know him, Darren O'Neill, has suggested a show. Yes. For everything comes from something. Yeah. And that's one of his perks. He gets to suggest a topic for us, and he wanted us to cover board games. So we're going to be talking board games, card games, dice games, all sorts of games, what we know about it, the history, and of course, we're going to get into our regular banter oh, yeah. about what we think the faves. of these games. We also have some new Patreon supporters. Ooh, yes, we do. We have a uh, a new supporter. His name is Kazu Greenwood. Thank you, Kazu. Thank you, Kazu. And um, another executive producer, uh-oh, her name is Kiana Layap. Hey! And she is, um, you know, a, a favorite person of mine. Very cool. Kiana, thanks for supporting the show. We'll get... We'll reach out to you, get those questions and whatnot. We also have some questions from our Patreon supporters, but we're going to read those at the end of the show. So that w- I'm looking forward to Are that. Are we? We have questions? We do. Oh, my goodness. The people that support us that get questions. If you want to support us at the $2 level, we will thank you. We 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 basically thrive off that sort of support. If yeah. you want to give five dollars, you get a question on the show, and the executive producer position gets to decide what our topics are going yeah, to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, Consider supporting us on patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. We have all the normal socials and any ratings on iTunes help and support the show. Yes. We do this for you guys. We love you. We can't do it without it. For sure. Yeah. So let's, so let's get into the topic. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk My about gosh, it. The dude, board games. I'm already spinning. My head is spinning. <laughs> I like, I cannot figure S- out. Spinning of excitement. I'm so excited. Okay. So I want to just first briefly touch on touch on a little history there's actually not not all that much 
when it comes down to to the history of things. It's not like a crazy story, but but there's some really interesting things of note. Okay. Um, the first thing is that um, board games seem to come out of societies that have a bit of leisure time, um, which makes a lot of sense. That does make sense. Uh, but the first board game that, or the oldest board game ever to have existed, or to, that we know existed, is called Senate. And it is a. I am the Senate. <laughs> I had to. A, it's an Egyptian board game uh, in between about 3500 BC and 3100 BC. Um, and what's crazy is it was actually uh, it was actually like evolved. Um, it actually evolved over about a couple thousand years. And so the rules changed and. Um, you know, we don't have like official official rules, but mm-hmm. the the game was still like a staple in that in that ancient Egyptian society, which now, is what, crazy. What years is this? You said like Time. thirty thirty five hundred BC and thirty one hundred BC was Dang. was the first or, or the earliest game that we old found. school. I wonder if like this was like the heart of the parties back then. I'm sure it was it was for like the aristocracy, or was it more like a chess game? It's a little. How many bit, players? Do you know how many players? two players? Okay, so more of a, like a chess, like a one-on-one social experience. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like thir- It is a little bit like chess. Um, there's like thirty. There's a grid, um, with thirty squares, and um, different pieces have different um have different uh, I think uh, values and objectives, and it's kind of like chess. I, yeah, I don't yeah. really know the the uh, rules, but you can still play it. Actually, there's still um there's you can buy modern, it as a board game. Yeah, there's modern sets. That's sweet. Which is pretty cool. Um, there was also uh, th- th- one of the oldest games that we still play, uh, which is crazy, is Backgammon. It Backgammon. Ori- yeah, it originally um, uh, started in Persia 5,000 years ago, which is crazy. And chess, uh, another staple in the, in the, in the board game uh, realm, came from India. I'm not sure how long ago. But, oh. um, I really like chess. Really? Yeah. I'm not so good at it. Well, so okay, so here, this is something that I want to get into in terms of most games, is that when games have clear objectives, like certain objectives that can be achieved in multiple ways, it makes the playability of that game or the replayability of that game more exciting for me. Yeah, yeah. And I think sure. chess has one simple objective and so many different ways you can accomplish it. Yeah. So I always find myself enjoying playing that game just because it, it's weird. When I play um, chess, I always do the same strategy. Really? <laughs> and, it, and I don't think it's that smart, but I, I have a certain way that I shape the board. Mm-hmm. And that introduction strategy then leads me to make my next move. Yeah, yeah. So I like I have a way that I set up the board that I just feel like helps me in the end Mm -hmm. so i'll put i'll usually i'll tell you my strategy it's not it's (laughs) it's not that impressive i'll usually push the pawns at the edge into like a v-shape so like picture my pawn my front line of pawns kind of making a v and then i'll put my knights kind of like hop them up in front and then use i don't bishops the guys that go diagonally in between that and it just puts up like a nice defense and then from there, I'll choose if I want to play offensively or defensively, depending on how my sure. opponent plays. Sure, sure, but sure. I think that's a really important aspect to board games, right? Is the replayability, how differently can you play with the strategy? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and to some degree, how differently you can play with 
only a limited amount of people that you play with, right? Like you, nobody's. I don't think anybody that I know really goes to like game parlors and like plays with random people, you know? So like usually yeah. you have a set amount of people who you play with and you kind of have to have fun over and over again with that, with that same set. Right. So, you know, like I play, I play with Kiana and my family basically. And that's it. That's right. And, and would Gigo. you be down to play chess against a random person you've never played against? No, probably not. I would. I'm terrible at chess. I no, like I would love to play people who aren't necessarily good, but just like Yeah, but anybody who's down to play chess is gonna be better than me. <laughs> well, I assume they're probably better than me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it'd be very interesting just to try playing like yeah, maybe. other people. There's like there's a seriousness when it comes to chess that I I just it's hard for me to get into, you know what I mean? It's like a ser- it's like a really serious game. People take it seriously. I guess. I don't like when people play with the timers because I'm like, if mm. you're taking that long to think about it's it. It's intense. I don't know. I mean, maybe you need that all that time. Well, anyways, it originated in the 6th century in India. Just by the way. Rad. Um, and then, so like games like games like Backgammon were also played in Egypt. There's one called Hounds and Jackals, mm-hmm. um, which has like these really ornate sticks and, and a really ornate board, which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, in, in, in Europe and in America, there was um, not a lot of board games played in times of like really horrific trials uh but once once there was a bit more leisure time and a bit more you know ability to lounge and not be killed from a bubonic plague or (laughs) starved to death because you didn't plant your crops like games started popping up more naturally especially in europe around the around like the 15th 16th 17th century when when people were like actually had they when they actually had more time to think and and leisure time Mm -hmm. um things came up and then in america in the later 18th century um or sorry in the in the later in the mid to later 19th century um games started to become more accepted because uh, there was kind of a puritan um disagreement with with a lot of games and especially games involving gambling and luck that is so interesting to me yeah uh because i find well okay i, I how do i say this we're, I wanted to compare board games to video games towards the end of the show. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want to get into it right now. Okay, okay. But I just want to say this. You know, it seems that most Puritan movements, to some degree... Well, I, I was raised in a Christian household. My parents just disliked video games sure, for some reason. Sure. I, mean, I mean, it's not that they wouldn't let me play them. They were like, it's not good if you play too many. But I, I know that video games and board games... Well, when I'm playing a board game that's really good and I'm with a good group of people, they give me the same feeling. Like, it gives me, yeah. like, the same excitement yeah, yeah. to some degree. No, I feel that. Uh, so it's interesting to see how, like, in the past, people like board games. Yeah, Can't yeah. Can't play, play too many of those. Well, well, interesting. I mean, interestingly, though, um, these board games were considered, like, a, a useless frivolity in a lot of mm. uh, these earlier societies. So like Thomas, uh, I, this is a really interesting quote by Thomas Jefferson. I'm just going off the Wikipedia, by the way. So you can read this for yourself. If yeah. you'd like. But uh, he talked about how, um, uh, you know, these games like cards, dice and billiards produce nothing and endanger the well-being of, of the individuals engaged in them. And, and part of that I think has to come down to the, 
um, the actual culture of that Thomas Jefferson was brought up with. He's a Southern man, um, and in the South there was a lot of of fighting and gambling and things of the, of the rowdier nature, mm-hmm. um, and he saw that as as uh, improper. I would say. Which is really interesting. I mean, and it's not... Well, I can understand Jefferson's point when it comes to gambling, right? Yeah. I think most people who play games with gambling, you, there's there's like... I don't know. There's like three kinds of players that I see when it comes to gambling. There's the people who know that they're going to lose, and so they want to learn like the ins and outs and the probabilities of the game. Yeah. That to me that's like the mathematical approach. Sure. sure that's sure. the side of gambling the rain that, man. Yeah, that's that's the side of gambling I actually enjoy. Yeah. Okay. That's the stuff like there's like oh there's kind of like numbers and science behind it and whatnot. And that's probably cuz I'm just a straight up geek. <laughs> then there's the people who go to play for fun casually. They know they're going to lose. They don't care about the science. They're just like it's a game, it's fun, okay? And then there are the people who are blinded by riches. Who sure, play sure, and sure. think that they're getting either lucky or playing with skill when it really doesn't have to do with either of those things, right? Yeah. Really, when you're playing these games, it's all about when to know to get out, right? Right, right. right. Um, and and so, not get sucked in. And and I think that a lot of people are easily blinded by, sure. by the riches. That, sure. I mean, that's just, that, that's my interpretation of most gambling games. So I see where Jefferson is coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um, I don't know. That's 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 kind of all I all I have on the um, on the history of it. Um, from what this says, uh, there's been a lot of growth in in the types of games that are being produced and the, and and interest in board games. Um, you know, specifically because of the internet and making it easier to find out about games and marketing games being easier. So yeah, and you were a little surprised by this, right? Yeah, we, yeah. we sort of walked in thinking board games were a dying breed well i didn't think that but you did i did i definitely did yeah something i read on the wikipedia that was also interesting uh is that they're called board games because they're played on a board wow because you play them when you're bored wow you know the spelling of board in board game could have gave it away yeah yeah i think so (laughs) when you're losing brain cells bro (laughs) you're looking at me like oh my goodness Uh, that's just what you're gonna have to deal with that's what happens when I eat some Lavix before we record. Sure, sure. No, um, yeah, so I guess, w- w- do you want to talk about the games that we love? Let's be real. Most people probably don't care about the history of board games. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, we found I found a lot of websites when we were kind of doing a couple of researches, or a, like a just different research, um, that weren't Wikipedia, but they straight up look like a high schooler wrote the webpage. <laughs> so clearly not a lot of people have put too much effort into board games. Maybe archaeologists. There, there are some. There are some. Apparently, some board game historians. It belongs in a museum, which is very fascinating. But yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know all that many people who care about Senate and uh, hounds and jackals. It is. It is quite interesting. I'd like to know how those are played, though. Let's get into some analytics of current board game culture. Okay. I'm, I am on Amazon.com. Maybe you have heard of this website. I have never heard of this website. They are a fairly large website. I hear they're moving to New York. I'm looking at their best-selling board games, and by golly, do the, does it make me want to just throw myself in a blender? <laughs> the number one selling board game on Amazon, apparently, according to this list, is Monopoly Fortnite Edition. <laughs> 
I wonder if you unlock different uh, dance moves. But it's ages 13 and up because clearly Monopoly is not for the youth. Uh, it's really for the What are the, the different properties? Are like Loot Lake? Like... Oh, I guess that actually makes sense now yeah. that you say it. I don't know. If you're, bu- you're using V-Bucks. But the thing oh. is, is that <laughs> you buy the game and it doesn't come with any V-Bucks. You have to buy <laughs> them within, there's just a, a square reader inside oh, of it man. to swipe for V-Bucks, yeah. dude. Uh, number two is Connect Four Shots game. Uh, but then number three is Connect Four. So Connect Four games. Is, it, is the Connect Four Shots game like where you take shots? That's what you think, but it shows kids throwing the little... Oh. Uh, Balls at that the connect four ball, like, the board thing. Oh, oh, so like it's it's yeah, like, yeah. You're taking shots, you know. You're trying got to got like, it, got it, got it, got it. Oh, oh, it's like basketball. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay, I you got have you. to aim the. That makes sense. Uh, number four is Monopoly game Cheaters Edition. I don't even know what that is. I feel like this is for the person who wants to play Monopoly and win, but they do not tell anyone, and they say yes, this is normal Monopoly, but it gives <laughs> you like an advantage that no one notices. Number five is a game called Labyrinth. Oh, um, yeah, I know Labyrinth. It's, I, it's pretty good. I have not played I think I have played it. I, it looks so familiar. It looks so familiar. Yeah, it's got like a really interesting like 80s art style. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Uh, number six is Codenames, mm. which I have Codenames played. Codenames is good. It is very solid. It is sort of, it reminds me a little bit of, um, what is that game? It's like a mix between Pictionary and... Ooh, the game where you like have to guess words. It's basically like Pictionary with words, I think. Pictionary pr- with words. I've played it a few times. I don't quite remember the the, the game exactly, but I know it it involves guessing words. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. some degree. You, it's it's like um, uh, it's like the first round of um fishbowl where you where you have to say something where you have to describe something but you can't say the word exactly um and uh, but you only get one word right isn't that the thing about code names you only get one word i don't remember i know there's multiple rounds you get some words it's it's good it's a really good game number seven is monopoly for millennials oh gosh which has finally pushed me over the edge to tell you how much I hate Monopoly. <laughs> oh, but Monopoly's so good. Monopoly is the stupidest game. And I know, I you know, people, oh, but Isaac, you're an economist. You should like it. First of all, economics is the study of choice, not the study of money. Y- yeah, well, and Monopoly is not actually, um, <laughs> it's not actually all that relevant to the economy. <laughs> it's so stupid, dude. But, I hate the game. But the game is about making deals, trading. It's fun. I've never traded what? In Monopoly. I just what? do not understand. Maybe I'm missing the point of the game. I think you're missing the point. I've never the played point is a to trade. good round of Monopoly ever. Ever. That's absurd. Maybe I really need to try the Fortnite edition. <laughs> <laughs> it's only $13. Really? $15. That's not that bad, actually. Yeah, top seller. Number eight, let's go fishing. That looks boring. Uh, number nine, Candyland. I hate this one more. Yeah, than Candy Monopoly. Lane is just a, a a game where you like roll dice and move. It's oh really dumb. Boy, how fun! Number ten, Trouble. Same thing. You just roll a dice and move. I don't remember how to play Trouble. But you stomp on people. Do you remember Sorry? That's number twelve. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Same thing. Rolling a dice, knocking into people. It's okay. Uh, number eleven is an educational insights, the sneaky, snacky squirrel game. What, how many of these are we going to do? <laughs> I want to go at least to 20. Oh, my okay. gosh. It's fun. Can we speed run this? 13, Hungry Hippos, pure skill. Oh, really? 
<laughs> you Dude, smash you know? the button as hard as you can to eat as many. That's how you play. That, that uh, game's w- wacky. Number 14 is Blockus. It's oh, pretty good. I know that game. Yeah, that, that game's really good. Uh, Number 15, Battleship. I like Battleship. Battleship. Awesome. Battleship's weird because everyone's trying to sn- like peer over each other's board. Really? I wanted to say, I, before we very... started recording... I was in a desperate panic to find my Battleship game <laughs> because I have Star Wars Battleship. Sure. And it is awesome, okay? I was telling you earlier about it. The game is... You know how in Battleship you have like a laptop and you open it up? Yeah. And, and then you like set up your board and people will claim which part of the grid they want to fire at? Yeah. I was yeah, thinking of the right word. I was like, what is that word? Grid. <laughs> um, well, the Star Wars version, it opens up, it's it's like one big unit and it opens up like a T, an upside down T. Mm-hmm. And so players have to sit across from each other. But then there is a like computer in the machine and a voice that basically moderates and, and tells you what's happening in the game. So Pretty it will say like, Rebel Side, it is your turn. Where would you like to fire in the galaxy? And you just touch, and touch you the say, touch Okay, screen. I want to fire at A4 and then you and then you press confirm and then it'll be like Rebel Commander, are you sure you want to fire a red f- er, at A4? And you say confirm is like firing. <laughs> and it would shoot. And then it will tell you what happens. It'll be like a4, you hit nothing. <laughs> or it will be like, <laughs> A4, you have shot into a Star Destroyer. Star Destroyer has lost health, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and then you mark on your map. But the cool thing was is you could play the game solo, which I thought was really cool. It would somehow make up a board for you to fight against, and then you could put in preset boards to fight against, which was weird. That seems, in the manual? That I don't know how that works. Very... <laughs> but the best mode about it was the special mode, Okay. And the special mode lets you get... love the special mode. I love it, dude. It (laughs) lets your ships, like each side had custom like little ships that you get like Obi-Wan Starfighter, Mm -hmm. um, the Millennium Falcon. And each one of those ships, as long as it was alive, had a special move that was on a cooldown. So like, I forget, Admiral Admiral Akbar's like commander ship, I forget what that was even called. (laughs) You got an ion torpedo and you could shoot that and it would make a different sound and be like... Uh, Rebel Commander firing ion torpedo and be like, <laughs> and then like, <laughs> what did it do? So like, some would hit like a huge area on the board. Oh, I see. Uh, some would be like a single shot, and if it hit the ship, it would insta kill the ship, oh. which is super fun. Oh. Um, overall, Star Wars Battleship or Battle, yeah, Star Wars Battleship, really cool. Oh, okay. really, really cool game. <laughs> All right, let's get through this list. Any any thoughts on Battleship, Cameron? No, it's cool. It, the, just the problem is, it's kind of a guessing game, which is. The yeah. idea, but yeah, yeah. you know, there's not a lot of strategy involved. Number eighteen, Clue, Harry Potter edition. Clue, it's okay. Fine. Huh. Wait, who dies? Is it like trying Harry. to trying to figure out who killed Dumbledore? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who did it. <laughs> Number nineteen is Disney villains, villainous strategy board game. Uh, what? It's got like some Disney princess villain, the one that turns into a dragon on the front cover. Oh, you mean um. The one from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, yeah, that one's there. What's her name? I don't know. Uh, number twenty is Catan, which is oh, great. Love Catan. I'm kind of gonna go down the list here, see if there's anything else. Apples to Apples is at twenty six, if you know that. Operation is at twenty eight. Dude, uh, Operation sucks. Operation's a bad oh, game. I dislike really? Operation. I actually like Operation. Why? Because it tells me I should never be a surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never realized how my hands are like shaking when I'm doing it. Who doesn't play Operation 
and have shaky hands. Well, I usually play Operation right after drinking several shots of espresso. Oh, I usually play after like six rows of cocaine. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know it's really difficult to play that game when you're when you're just like shaking like nonstop. I wonder if people who do like calming drugs. <laughs> can play operations super well. Like what kind of calming drugs? I wonder if you taught a sloth how to play operation, they would be extremely good at it. Is there a timer in operation? No. Isn't yeah. isn't there one of those like like toothbrush For timers? some reason when I was a young boy, I really wanted to have Super Mario operation. What? I'm not sure why. But I, I don't know think that Mario does Mario even have an anatomy. Like he's going in between like well, you different try to, physical. You states. would try to pull his mustache off. And what? Stuff. Yes. Isn't that just the opening screen to Mario sixty four? <laughs> Number twenty nine, Scrabble. Oh, uh, I love Scrabble. Thirty four, Ticket to Ride. We'll get to that. Um, Trivial Pursuit. What do you think of those games? Um, I never really got into them, but I like I like asking the or I like going through the cards. I don't really like the game actually. But I like the I like the trivia. All right. I mean, it's it's all right. I had Star Wars trivia pursuit. It was fun. Oh yeah, that I mean that game. Me that I, one's a nerd I, fest. I dude. would play with my brother, and he would just like destroy everybody. It was <laughs> it was <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, number forty two is Twister. I don't think that game is good, and I don't think it's a game. I am very confused by Twister. I feel like either. Little kids play Twister or very drunk adults. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I really like college students. Yeah, play I'm, Twister. I'm not crazy about that uh, Twister game. It's more like an activity than a game, you know. Yeah, I'd say. I so. guess where's the line though? Where's the where's the line between? Because we were having this debate earlier, yeah, right? Yeah. What were you talking about? That weird. Sp- <laughs> what no, I didn't that? say that that was a game. Like the the like the creepy crawly uh like the oven thing mm-hmm. where you would throw spiders at your sister or whatever, but they were just ooh, it's just gelatin. But like there the, in the 90s there or in the 90s and early 2000s there was a bunch of these like weird products that kind of like were interactive like games but weren't actually games. Like easy bake ovens and uh like rock tumblers and stuff like that. Like things things that were supposed to kind of act like games but didn't actually have any rules i don't know yeah. there, there was just there's a lot of those things this is so interesting so just to kind of back end off that that was the list of the best selling on amazon yeah but i just searched board game on amazon.com and i sorted by the best customer reviews mm. now the best rated one is called telestrations but i'm not sure what that is it looks some sort of pictionary game hmm. uh but the second most best rated one with over a thousand reviews, five stars, is that Labyrinth game. Oh, interesting. Um, so I'm actually like kind of want to buy it now and, and play it. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Then we got Dungeons and Dragons, um, another Labyrinth version. Wait, wait, wait! Dungeons and Dragons, like mm-hmm. it's called Lords of Waterdeep, dunge- a Dungeons and Dragons board game. Not, Isn't that just sure. like a tabletop game though? I th- it might be. Manhattan Project, Plague Inc. Oh game. yeah, yeah, yeah. Monarch. Oh, we were talking about. Let's let's talk about. Okay, we we gotta we gotta stop this list nonsense. Well, it's just interesting. Let's I, talk. I didn't, it's weird to me that Catan isn't on this top rated one because I love Catan. Me too. Let's start there. Okay. So we're gonna get into our favorite board games. Yeah. yeah. Now maybe you don't trust our opinions. 
but we're going to try to do our best to explain why we think these games are excellent or why certain games suck if we're going to bring them up. Like Monopoly? <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> I'm done with that, dude. I do not want to talk about Monopoly okay. anymore. All right, let's talk about Settlers of Catan. Settlers of Catan is is like actually a really, really excellently constructed game. And part of it comes down to what you were talking about earlier with the replayability. There's always a, a little bit of randomness to the board, um, which makes it really fun. And where you place your board makes makes you play differently every time. But but really where, where the game shines is in its interactiveness with with ever like it forces everybody to either be antagonistic or to cooperate in certain ways and i think that's like super um difficult to do i would say in a board game well let's start with the base the basics for yeah, Settlers sure, of sure, Catan. Sure. if you never played the concept is that you're trying to achieve points okay usually it's 10 or 12 points i don't remember yeah, how many victory it is. points yeah. and you're given this board that's made up of these different hexagons or octagons. They're these weird shapes and the board the board comes together and each hexagon, octagon, I'm pretty it's sure a it's hexagon. a hexagon. Okay, it's a hexagon. Each hexagon has a different like commodity. painted it's a commodity, commodity right? Yeah. When I'm saying that it's like okay, it's a forest on there. And each hexagon has a number placed on that which coincides with a dice. So essentially, yeah. if the dice is rolled on a turn, that commodity the number on that commodity will be granted to those who build around right, right. that, who are, who are that hexagon, yeah. right? So the goal of the game is to basically acquire these commodities and build settlements. You build either like small uh, little settlements, you can build big city settlements, and you can build roads, which connects them. Yeah. That's how you expand out from that. And so the game is all about resource management, right? You're trying to re, uh, decide what you want to do with these resources and trade amongst each other and whatnot. And the trading is what I think you were hinting at. Yeah. Right? The trading really like really, it, it kind of gives you an insight on what like the large scale political uh, alliances and trades are, are all about and not really, but, but there's a, there's a certain amount of um, you have to be diplomatic when you're trading. And if you screw someone over, like say, because you'll have different cards that can do different things. So there's the, uh, one of the last times I played, I played with Kazu, our new Patreon uh, supporter. Shout out for and, the second time. And his and his brother uh, Juzo, and we um, and and my other new uh, Patreon supporter. He's just Keanu bringing them in. You're just yeah, bringing them in, dude. Um, and so the I don't have any friends. It was it was the it was the four of us, and so we. Um, Kazu played this card. He, I traded with him for for like bricks or something. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, because I really, really needed it my next turn. But Kazu played this card where he he traded me the bricks, and then he put down the card, and everybody who had the bricks had to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, there's so like these only, power cards yeah. you can play. So not only did them. he did he totally screw me over, but he also took all of my commodity that I needed. And so, like, for the rest of the game, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not trading with him. Yeah, I, you, there, there suddenly becomes this, you're, you're right, there's this strange politics that arises right. from Settlers of the Catan. My favorite is just ripping people off when they're such a need. <laughs> like, let's go back to the bricks thing, right? You need brick and wood to build road. Yeah. But let's say there's a shortage of bricks. Again, if you know I like economics, so there's a reason I like this <laughs> game, right? Let's say there's a shortage of bricks, and for some reason I own 
all of the right. brick source, which is my favorite strategy. Create a monopoly on one certain commodity <laughs> and then owning a uh, means of trading in those commodities for whatever you really right. need yeah, through yeah, the yeah. banking system. Um, I know this game sounds nerdy, but you really just got to play it. It's super fun. What I love to do is if I own something that someone needs, force them to trade more than they can give. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I really need a brick to build a road, right? And they're holding like six cards. And they're like, hey, Isaac, like I really need that brick from you. And I'll say, well, what can you give me for this? And I'm like, oh, I'll give you like a piece of wood. I'm like, no, 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 no. I was like, you need this. I want three cards. I don't. I really don't care what they are, but I want three. <laughs> and, and so I'll just like pile up all these resources. So you're just an evil capitalist. That's pretty much saying. what I. That's how I play. Yeah. That's my favorite way to play. No, I. I think one of the dangerous things about that though is, um, you really have to have the monopoly on it, and it really does show you how how things like uh, like trading actually works. Like if you're if you're the only one who has brick, then you can push your weight around. But if you if you if even just one other person has has like a brick or two and doesn't need it, like he's totally thrown a wrench into your whole plan there. Who who is that character in Lord of the Rings that whispers into the king of uh the king's oh, worm ear? tongue? Worm tongue. <laughs> I love also playing like worm tongue. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. you're sitting next to someone you he lean over and say, Don't trust them. <laughs> don't trust them. you can tell they're up to something do not trust them right uh yeah i think there's something about board games that that kind of pushes that playful banter sometimes it's not so playful but that that the most other medians of entertainment don't have yeah even through like we were t i i think this is one of the reasons actually we'll get to that later well let's put that conversation I mean, you, can, you can you can you can touch on it now it's well fine. we were talking about the the differences between board games and video games and how how board i think board games provide a bit of a special um interaction with people that mm. video games don't in that you're you're all sitting around one table kind of like eating you know you're all sitting around one table interacting with each other in a way that you don't get through the internet or you don't get on sitting on a couch you know yeah. and so when you have these uh interactions with people it really kind of brings you together in a in a weird special way um that i think is totally monopolized by by the board game and i think there's something there, well here this is what i want to say there is a board game that does this better than any other board game and it is not settlers of Catan. what i am going to say it's pandemic okay there's a board game called pandemic where <laughs> you and a group of other players are actually fighting the board cooperatively yeah it's a really interesting game. the goal is to shut down a plague of some kind or some sort of disease and work together to do this and it's hard it's hard to beat the board sometimes. It is. It's it's actually a really hard game. This this is another one that me and executive producer Keanu Lay, uh <laughs> have played together because um you know we would go to this this board game cafe and just hang out for the day, um and uh, Pandemic was a good one that we could play together because um we could play it two two players, and so two player games are hard to find. Yeah, yeah. Um, Depending two player games that aren't like super antagonistic and boring <laughs> and boring. Are yeah, yeah. Um, we also found one called Azul that I could get into later. That's really fun. But mm. um, uh, Pandemic is so weird because um, there's a lot of rules. It's kind of obtuse at the beginning. Right. But once you play over and over again, you like really kind of understand. It. And there's you work together in such a way that you're like, 
because there's trade-offs to every move that mm-hmm, you make, right? Mm-hmm. And so you'll you, you it'll be like it'll be like Kiana, I have to get to to this continent in order to use my special ability. But if I go there, I need one of your turns to move. I need you to help me out and and get me there. Right. And she's like, I know, but I have to get to I have to get to this area of this continent or else this uh, you know, <laughs> the the disease is going to spread over here in a way that we can't manage and it's like so you have to strat- really strategize against against the board I've and it's never super p- interesting yeah i've never played like a cooperative game like it and i yeah, think that's exactly. the reason it's caught on pretty popularly because it's not it it really drives you and whoever you're playing with to come closer together yeah so if you you know if you want to be this is some dating advice for you. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> I actually think, uh, on a serious note, with within dating advice, board games are actually a really good way to to hang out with a person and and like go on a date. Like I if you so. have a, if yeah. you have a board game cafe near you, just hang out for for a few hours and and play a couple of games. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. A- and then at the same time, it's also a really good way to to like hang out with your family. In like yeah. a way that you know isn't just, painful. Yeah, or or that you're not just like sitting there staring at at each other. I do think that some sort of like activity, uh, when interacting with people, really drives you to get to know people better. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, we actually want to do a podcast show about this subject, but uh, we were going to talk about parties and what makes a great party. Mm, yeah, yeah. Not to say Spoilers. that we're like party masters or anything, <laughs> but I think there's there are some elements that can be universal across well, all parties. And I think, you know, some sort of activity that's interactive for all people to engage in is a valuable asset and board games bring that in a way that most medians don't. Yeah. 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 And, and we were, ter- so we're both sort of from the, from the church world, right. Where part of get togethers has to do with either playing a card game after or playing, you know, a game like mafia, um, mm-hmm. Or a game like um, I don't know what's another popular one. Egyptian War. We played a lot. Of yeah, Egyptian we played War. Egyptian War. But but like you know with crew now I we we often will play will play Mafia um, and Fishbowl and just like at parties or whatnot and just kind of hang out. And part of the fun of that is there's a little bit of um, I don't know every time every time we intro a game or we're like all right let's play a game it's like there's a bit of like teeth pulling right, <laughs> involved, right. you know, you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to play a game. But then once you play the game and, and you're like in it with, with other people, there's, it, it does really become fun. And it, 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 it turns out to be a good use of, of time. This is something I want to touch on. And this is probably my biggest gripe with board games is when someone is not bought in mm. to the game, it really is a total downer. Yeah. So if you're going to commit to a board game, can you just be into it? You got to commit for the whole, you know, four and a half hours that risk is. You should know how long the game is and just go for it. Yeah. Have a great time. I play a lot of board games on New Year's Eve. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. We used to do that um, just to stay up till midnight. We'd play board games. And that's always been fun for me. Now, as you're speaking about Mafia as group games, there's this great game called Avalon. Now there are a lot of I don't know this one. There are a lot of mafia based games, but Avalon throws a theme and a style over mm. it. This is sort of a medieval theme, and the goal of the game is a little different. Instead of trying to find the killer, the killers also have an objective to find certain 
hero characters. Oh, yeah. I think... Wait, does it have, like, different pictures? Like, there's werewolves right. and stuff like well, that? Well, kind of. It's it's weird, but, like, there's the normal villager people, right? right? And then there are also characters that have special abilities. Like, for example, the evil people know who each other are. There's yeah, multiple yeah, yeah. evil people. And their goal is to basically sabotage the game without telling other people. Uh, but then isn't there one that's, like, a... Um, but there's these all there's all these wild cards thrown in there. For yeah. example, like there's one character who is evil that not even the evil people know is evil, <laughs> which is very fun. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah. And yeah. then there's like certain there's a certain good character who knows uh who everyone is that's evil. But the goal of the game is to make sure he doesn't get killed. Mm. So he can't just tell everyone right, he's evil, right, right? Right, right? And then there's someone who knows who is good or or who there's someone who knows that the person, there. Gosh, I can't say it without saying his name. The character who knows who's evil, his name is Merlin, and there's someone who knows who Merlin is. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Merlin is the guy who has all the info. So his goal is to pretend to be Merlin, and know everything, <laughs> even though he doesn't know anything. And uh, most of the time, so that person just gets blamed to be evil, yeah, because he's trying to make all these accusations and whatnot. So, and Merlin doesn't know who he is either. So it's it's a really confusing, fun mess where people try to like guess things, and yeah. and then there's an objective part of the game where you you where when it's your turn, you have to decide who goes on a quest with you, and so if you're good, you're like, oh shoot, like I'm trying to figure out who is good or not, and so I'm gonna pick certain people, and the good people always succeed the quest, but the evil people can succeed it yeah. or fail it. Yeah. Do you know Do you know Trouble in Terrace Town? It's probably a lot like this. So th- this is, I think, the only sequence, the only time that I can think of where a video game version of a of a board game is is actually a lot better, <laughs> um, because Trouble in Terrace Town is basically like you have a sheriff, you have um, you have three terrorists, and they're but they're supposed to blend in with the other villagers, right? Right. And so they'll they'll like run around and like secretly shoot people, which is so funny. <laughs> it, I don't know. This is a video game, right? Yeah, it's like a mode in like Gary's um, mod. Yeah, in Gary's it's a mod. Gary's mod uh, game. Yeah, this is I I have seen this. It is pretty funny. Yeah, and so and they they have they have ones in like in like VR games too. Um, which is even more and funny. The, people get seriously into the role play. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, it's amazing. And so and and then there's always one person who's just like going around trolling, and he's a good guy, but he's just like <laughs> openly shooting other people. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, there's there's just it's amazing. That game's a mess, dude. Why did you bring that up? It's fun. <laughs> Don't it, check it out. <laughs> Maybe watch a video on it. There's yeah, watch a video. There's funnier videos on Terrace Town than actually playing. Yeah. Let yeah. me point that. No, out. I, I agree. So, Avalon, really good. We've already touched on chess, pandemic. And, and uh, Settlers of Catan. I want to... This is sort of off Settlers of Catan as well. There's a game called Ticket to Ride. Mm. It's also resource management. Really, really good and very underrated. If you do not like Settlers of Catan, but you do like choo-choo trains, check out <laughs> Ticket to Ride. It is very fun. Yeah, I hear um, it's good. I hear it's good. And then there's another game sort of similar called Carcassonne. Now, Carcassonne is all about building... The map. Mm -hmm. That's the goal of the game. Yeah. I'm trying to... There's a game called uh, Rivers, Boats, and Railroads. Rivers, Roads, and Railroads. That's what it's called. Where you just... It's like a kid version of it where Mm. you like build roads and rivers and (laughs) railroads. It's weird. (laughs) But like the tiles have like... Let's just say it's a 90 degree for Carcassonne. It's all about building castles. Okay. So there's castle walls, roads and a couple other things fields 
and and basically like you build out your castle fields and roads and then you can put your workers in the castle in the fields or in the roads mm-hmm. and they just give you resources to continue building so things. it's kind of like civ but without the uh the battles well i think there's expansions for the battles the oh, game okay, the okay. game is very popular carcassonne yeah. is a really really good game sounds fun and i think you got to sit with people who know what they're doing right too. right right because right. i've only enjoyed it when i know how to play it and most of the time i don't know how to play it. sure 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 can we just say that reading the rules of games is a difficult thing it's horrible it's really horrible and same with it, describing the rules of the game without having it in front of you that's why i'm a little worried about this episode i Darren. know i know it's uh, <laughs> seriously but like no it's it's like seriously a hard task because you're trying to describe these like abstract principles and make it not boring but it always is boring i mean it's super there's boring. always that one person who's like where are the cheetos they're like looking to like the first get time out of listening to the, the first directions. Pl- time that me and kiana played pandemic we had to play it i think three or four times because we were just we were completely messing up the rules rules of the game. Yeah. And we were like, this is impossible. How is this how are we supposed to play this game? And then we would go back and read through the rules and we'd be we'd like add an extra rule and we'd be like, Oh, that makes sense. We weren't doing that last yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> but but like you really have to I think the best way to play games are to have somebody who actually really knows the game and loves it. And loves it. Yeah. Like play with you and be and mm-hmm. like you'll do an example round you'll do like a run through of the play and and then and then most people will will get it i usually what sucks about playing a new game is you have to give it time for a couple rounds yeah absolutely i think that's what sucks is you have to do like one or two rounds and then sort of build a strategy from there do you ever like play a game when you're younger or even like maybe just a year ago and you you only play it once and then you go back to it and you're like I really don't remember how this, <laughs> this all the game time works. all the time that's even, so frustrating even as we're reading this list like me trying to describe carcassonne right now i'm like how do i <laughs> <laughs> Again? and it's it's difficult because you you kind of get it but you're like missing really key details yeah yeah <laughs> on how to play i'm, I'm sure someone who loves carcassonne would be like that idiot's never played yeah, before <laughs> yeah but but there are i mean this i think this is one of the big problems with video games uh, or with, with board games is they are not they're not uh self-evidently accessible right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you you really have to be introduced to them a lot of times especially more complicated games so like things like diplomacy and things like like D D. who like who plays D D if you don't like how do you get into that game you know i, I just i really you don't really understand. need who's the moderator of that game the the dungeon master the dungeon master has to really know how to take care of oh everyone. yeah oh yeah and you and like there's so many like obscure rules and stuff it's it's insane but but the uh th- things like this new game gloomhaven like i don't even know how you would get into that without like completely knowing someone who who also has the so game we haven't know? talked about gloomhaven yeah Ta- tell us about this so one. gloomhaven is it was a kickstarter project actually it raised like four and a half million dollars dang um and it's i think it's like a dungeon crawler game um okay. where you have a different character and you can level up your your different character and stuff like that but but the the point is there's so many different layouts to how the maps can go okay. that it's like almost endless. So there the box is is like 20 pounds. Oh my god. <laughs> how much is the game? It's 150 bucks. Yeah. That's um, wild. It's like a serious it's a serious commitment. Um but 
apparently it's it's like super good and really well well made and very fun. That's wild. Um, but I don't even know how like how is that accessible to anybody? Someone has to do homework to probably figure out how to teach people. Yeah, that's the same with Dungeons and Dragons. Is you actually legitimately have to do homework. Yeah. And and I don't know I don't know if that barrier to entry is ever gonna come down. Like there's there's games. That, what's super weird is there are games with really really high bars to, of entry, but are also ridiculously fun. Like yeah. I think Settlers of Catan is like kind of in a the middle in a, in the middle, but it's like on the higher end of of obscure. You know, right, like it's right. it's a little more challenging to to get to to wrap your mind around. And what sucks about these games that are so hard to get into is that once you get into them, you fall in love with them, right? Exactly. And you try to make other people play them, and they won't. They're like, because dude, they're this like, game this is so insane. boring, or like I don't get it, or I don't have the patience for this, and finding a, a group of people that are committed to learning a game is kind of a tough challenge. Right. And and this is why I think the classic games usually have struck a balance, right? Classic games like Monopoly, like Scrabble, like Stratego, like Chess. Pictionary. Pictionary, yeah. There There's these whole, whole range of classic games that really break into the middle of like, they're not expensive, they're not... Um, really obscure and hard to to understand yeah um you can get basically anybody and they kind of know the rules already and um they're mostly pretty fun you know they're not they're not you know they're not going to be the pinnacle of of your gaming experience but they're not boring they're not shoots and ladders stratego is really great i love stratego that's a fun one yeah you said shoots and ladders which reminds me cameron (laughs) how much do you like mousetrap oh gosh Mousetrap is terrible. It's really how it's can actually, you hate Mousetrap, dude? It's so fun. It's a really pointless game. It is pointless, but the, you get to do all the little trap things. I know, but just build that and then don't play the game because the game is so boring. What, what games did you play as a kid? That's I'm actually. Well, I played about. Mousetrap as a kid, but oh but I played. You're like this is pointless. Well, when <laughs> I'm Cameron and I'm six. Well, after you're done with like building the thing, you're like, oh, this is terrible because you go, you're stuck in that little loop. You're stuck in the circle, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> At the end, and you're like, can someone just finish the thing already? <laughs> like, it's terrible. It's a terrible game. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I played Monopoly a lot, but mm-hmm. my family really played card games. That was our. That was what we were into. We also had this game called Imagine If that we loved. Oh, um, that sounds familiar, but I don't know. Which you write names of people that you know around the board, and then the cards... Um, you you I think you roll a dice and you choose the person. The dice chooses the person who's um who's going next or like the person's name who's on the card next. So you'll pick up a card and then it'll ask a question about the card and they'll have different answers. And you're trying to to guess what everybody else is gonna guess. So it's it's one of those like it's not a cooperative game, but it's one of those games where you you kind of have to know the people around. Um, I don't know. It's it was fun. It was fun as a kid, but once you know all the cards, it's kind of boring. When I was younger, I played Clue. Clue was good. And I thought it was okay. I was frustrated how you could be the killer. That drove me nuts. <laughs> I was like, why am I accusing myself? I wish that there was a secondary objective. Like, if you found out you were the killer, you would have some sort of objective to try to blame it on someone else. That would be pretty cool. Like, like combine Clue and Mafia a little bit. That would be cool. 
I would enjoy that. Let's think about that for a second. Not not on the podcast, but let's think about how we could modify. <laughs> everything Claire. comes from something game. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Ugh. that's actually a good that's a good one. But but my brother, he loved chess, and I was terrible at chess. I like chess. We should play after this. Um, no, I'm not destroy play you. I'm not gonna play destroy chess. You. I, I'm not gonna play chess. But but the um, I always thought thought chess was too hard as a kid. And so, like, I could never... And my brother would, would refuse to, like, actually kind of tell me the strategy. <laughs> <laughs> he would just dominate, and he's like, I'm the best. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. But but we would play Stratego, and I could get Stratego a whole lot better. Yeah. Because Stratego, there's something... It's it's a, it's a certainly strategic where you place the characters. Uh-huh. But there's a, a little bit of, like... There's a guessing element to it, and there's a little bit of luck. And it's not just straight, like... If you know the better strategy, you're gonna dominate. You know what I mean? Like, right, like right. chess is just a little too obtuse. Yeah, uh, or it was when I was a kid, and then I just stopped playing it. Mm. Um, I hated Scrabble when I was a kid and love it now. Because I haven't played Scrabble in a long time. You would you would like it better now because when you're older, you have a better vocabulary. Oh, and so you know. See, I can never win against my parents. Yeah, exactly. It sucked. But I, a little while ago, I came back home. And me, my little brother, and my mom played played Scrabble, and I just like dominated. And I was like, "I'm that's awesome. I'm the best. Oh my I am goodness. the thesaurus." <laughs> when I was younger, I was really into game board games that looked cool. Yeah, so I, I ended that. up playing these strange games that I thought were awesome because the figurines were cool. There was this game called HeroScape. Mm. Now, this was a game where you built the board and it was really nerdy and you had these characters with, like, stats and you would fight each other and kill the other characters on the team and whatnot. But the reason mine was cool is because it came with Marvel heroes Mm. and it was just a blast. You know, you had Captain America beating up Doctor Doom and things like that. Sounds fun. It was really fun. And for some reason, my brother and I just made up rules. And it was (laughs) weird because the game, when we read the rule book, because we were pretty thorough with it, it... It said that, like, there were so many ways to play the game, but not in, like, a good way. It Hmm. was like, oh, there's basic mode where you can move characters. And then there's, like, special basic mode where your characters have special moves. And then there's super mode where your characters have all the moves that they're normally supposed to have. And you're like, wait, which way am I supposed to play? Yeah. And it was weird. I actually feel the same way about, uh, we were talking about this earlier, but the... the Star Wars duels game. Yeah, I was gonna bring that <laughs> one up next. But I didn't play with the with the actual rules. So because the a, rules sucked. There was this story. Uh, there's this story in my house that everyone makes fun of me for. <laughs> F- to this day, if we ever play a board game, I get made fun of about this. Okay, we for some reason we we're playing this Star Wars duels game with my cousin Knowlton, and. My brother and I played with this rule that we made up because we thought Darth Maul was cool. And so we made this rule up where it was like Darth Maul chose one square on the map. And if you stepped on that, he would insta kill you. And we called it the Darth Maul death square. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was the coolest thing. So, of course, you know, I was losing a couple rounds with my cousin on this game. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to whip out the Darth Maul package. Now, Darth Maul, he was a character that came with two super, uh, two regular battle droids and Darth Maul. Yeah. And I was like, I was doing okay. But then my cousin, Knowlton, like, put his character on the Death Square. And I was like, yo, straight up, your Han Solo's dead right now. Did you determine this beforehand? Yeah, I just decided. 
Oh no! I, so I decided you, on the square uh, ahead of time before we started playing the round. But but did you know the square and and him know the square? He didn't know the square. Well, you can't you can't do that. And I, and he was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and he was like, "What?" Are you? I was like, "Dude, that's the Darth Maul Death Square." And everyone just looked at me, and I turned to my brother, and I'll never forget this. I was like, "Glenn, tell him about the Darth Maul Death Square." And my brother looked at me, he's like. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I swear we played with this rule all the time. And he was like, yeah, Isaac, that's not in the rule book. I'm like, I hate you. Like, I was like, I hate you. Like, I cannot, I mean, I love my brother, but I could not believe he backstabbed me. So now every time we play a game with my family, like, oh, you're going to pull out the Darth Maul Death Square, Isaac? <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know, Isaac doesn't rule the, read the rules. He doesn't read the rules, so we can't. And he makes him up in. rules where he and he's he a wins. psycho capitalist in uh, <laughs> Settlers of Catan, <laughs> and he's got the Darth Maul Death Square. Um, yeah, so that's my experience with Star Wars duels. Mm. So. Yeah, I never, I never actually played the real rules of that game because we would get like one duel into it, and then we would realize that it was a terrible game <laughs> because the rules were really. Yeah, but the figurines strange. look so cool. Yeah, I mean, it was a cool game, but it it was it was not very well designed. Yeah, it wasn't very strategic. wasn't very fun. But the figurines were cool. But and the it was Star were Wars. Cool. Yeah, that, no, that's true. It came with like thirty five figurines, probably. So I want to get I want to get your your opinion on this. Hit me, because I think I, I I think it's really hit or miss for me. But when it's done right, it's done right. Brit, like classically. Uh, classic games that are rebranded with um, different different uh, like uh, what is what is it called franchises classic oh. games that are that are reskinned to to have different franchises yeah so like we were talking about Fortnite Monopoly and stuff yeah but that's stupid well there's the Harry Potty uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter um <laughs> Good lord, dude! I already feel weird about this episode. Uh, the Harry Potter Clue game. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's lots of different like franchise to, spinoffs. Was it Snape in the <laughs> in the tower with the wand? It sounds smart. It sounds like a smart spinoff. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Was but, it Snape? <laughs> tell me, was it Snape? It was Snape. Duh. Um, but but like we had we had Star Wars Monopoly. Yes. Um, and it was the it was the entire the entire six uh six movies. In the Monopoly, and there were and there were the figurines were awesome. The the like visuals really the visual style was really cool. And was what was neat too was um, double rolls instead of just getting you um, like like another roll, you could actually get different uh, abilities sort of. So you could if you rolled double fours, you could get a Jedi card, or if you rolled double fives, you could get a Sith card. If you rolled double sixes, you could battle somebody. Um, and, and like try to steal their property. Um, I don't know. It was, it was just, we, that I never had an official Monopoly game. I only had Star Wars Monopoly. We had NFL Monopoly, which is weird. Um, (laughs) that is weird. And a couple other ones. I think a lot of people are in that boat with you. You know, you get spinoff versions of main games and then you kind of grow up learning how to play that way and then you go to the basic one you're like this is no fun there's no <laughs> star wars character or there's no harry potter characters yeah whatnot. yeah like i we, like spinoff versions we had star wars risk and the reason why i'm like hit or miss on these is because star wars risk is a bad game really it's not it's not it should be a good game 
It really should. Because it's almost people, like Galactic Conquest. A right? lot of people tell me that Lord of the Rings Risk is awesome. I, I mean, I wouldn't know, but... I'm pretty sure it's really expensive, too. I'm going to look it up. But the, but the Star Wars Risk was like... It was like really lame. There was some some like really OP um, rules where if you were one team, you would like win a lot. And then there was like an emperor meter where it would go up every time you would like make a different uh, like a roll a certain roll. I don't know. There were just some like weird added rules. Like if it was if it was just normal risk, I think this is where where I get into problems. Is if it amends the rules of the game. Um, then I'm not okay with it. Uh, but if it keeps the rules and keeps the game structured how it is, yeah. then it's, and just rebrands the, uh, you know, all the characters and stuff. So you don't like when there's new special rules? Not really, no. But you said you like the Monopoly thing. Yeah, but that didn't break the game. I guess. I think it has to be done tastefully. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder if the Fortnite Monopoly is actually awesome. Maybe. Maybe for, for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Who play do Fortnite. the orange justice oh on the go symbol what's up with like Fortnite and kids? extra v bucks like what do you mean what's wrong no what like kids love that game kids absolutely love that game do, are you aware of this app called tiktok do you know about tiktok can we not talk about this right now <laughs> i'd rather talk about the smoke that's slowly killing us in california than i mean talk about me too tiktok but they're both giving us cancer wow <laughs> Just to sort of finish out the board game episode before we get into the, the schlog of the yeah. post-show. Yeah. Cameron, talking about sitting here and talking about board games with you for the last hour has made me just want to sit down and play more board games. No, I feel that. I totally feel that. They're completely underrated, I think, especially in an age like 2018 where everyone is just glued to screens and... and seems to have a very short attention span there is yeah. a ton of value in sitting down with people and enjoying a game that just enhances social interaction I yeah think. i think that's why i think that's why they're totally not dying and actually really booming is because people kind of want that organic interaction yeah people want the ability to just put down the phone and th this is another thing is like we kind of have i think they're like etiquette rules around games mm -hmm. where like if you're playing a game you kind of just want to be in with the people you want to hang out you can't be like you know going taking a break for 15 minutes and coming back you yeah. know like when it's your turn you have to if you go to, if you're going to the bathroom you gotta you gotta move man you gotta go quick my favorite is when someone's like oh i'm going to the bathroom can you do a move for me i'm like of course <laughs> i can <laughs> I don't know what happened. You just wanted to trade like six wood for one stone. That's what happened, and it was to me. So or, or or like you can't be you can't be sitting on your phone most of the time. You have to be like engaged. There's there's a certain amount of of like real personal interaction that is really just unique to games at this point. Yeah. Like I I, I can't think of any any other activity that um, maybe sports, but. In sports, there's a there's a little bit of like, since there's so much interactivity and like you're running and stuff, you kind of don't get the chance to like actually engage with people and chat. Yeah, yeah, and and with board games, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a little bit like eating where you're down you're around a table, 
you you have rules uh, around the dinner table like you know phones you know no mm-hmm. uh you know, you know if you're at the dinner table you're present if you're at the board game table you're present I you're, like that. you're hanging out with with friends and you're you're committed to the to the whole the whole time that that the game is going wow, you know you sound pretty strict on this stuff Cameron. i'm i'm just saying there's like i hear the value in what you're preaching there's like sure. but but i i don't think they're they're not verbal right they're not verbal rules it's just like an etiquette thing yeah. you know it's like it's like this is what we come to expect when playing when playing board games it's like it's like you're you're here you're here with us you're hanging out I will say food does enhance board games. Totally, totally. I do enjoy that. Yeah, unless it's greasy food, and then get your greasy food out of my <laughs> cards, you know? Okay, okay. It's the sure. same with controllers. Like, you can't have greasy greasy food on controllers. So what about the spin on video games? Yeah, you want to talk about video games for a little bit? I did want to. I feel like the episode's pretty good as it is. Sure. I will. We I, didn't talk about cards at all, though, and I kind of want to talk about cards a little bit. Cause they 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 ha- have a special place in my heart. I played a lot of golf and BS this last summer, mm. and I really enjoy those games. That's golf is good. Golf yeah. is really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, did you ever play like Yahtzee? Yeah, I went crazy about it. Oh, I had like Disney Yahtzee though. There oh, you go. That's weird. Yeah, oh, y- boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yahtzee is pretty fun. They're they're like dice games that are interesting that I never really got into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but but cards for me that was like a family staple. And and Kiana can actually uh, confirm that too because whenever she comes over, it's usually you know like holidays and stuff, and yeah. and she's hanging out with my family, and and undoubtedly we will bring out a, a several decks of cards, and whether whether or not it's like my grandma's side or like my my grandpa's side, like like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who my family members are, if we're always playing a game. It, yeah. it always happens when they come over. That's fun, though. And it's something that I really, really look forward to because, um, well, I think I think cards have sort of a universal language where anybody can pick up a card game and it's super easy, super yeah. low bar to to playing. And sometimes, like you have to you have to find the right game with the right people. But mm-hmm. a lot of times, there's there's strategy and and. Uh, trickery involved, <laughs> which I think is is a lot of fun, especially with your family and, you and like, people you know. You like thirteen? You were telling me too. Oh, I love thirteen. Thirteen is good. Is that that's? I know I've played a lot of Hearts. Um, it's similar. Thirteen is kind of like yeah, hearts it's similar too. to Hearts. Um, yeah. But my family, my family game is always Rummy. We always play Rummy, but like a really um, bastardized version of of oh. Rummy. So well, it should be called Scummy. <laughs> Well, it's like we use we use several decks of cards, like three decks of cards, mm-hmm. and instead of in rummy, you're supposed to get like gins and and like and rummies, and and there's different. Um, you're supposed to like fill up the cards with different. Thing. I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of complicated, but yeah, yeah. but with with the rummy that we play, we have several decks of cards. You're trying to go out, and uh, you're trying to make as many points as you can with with either runs or sets. Like it's super simple, super simple um, uh, rules, and we take out take out all of the frivolous things, and it's just really boiled down, and and we we play it for hours. It's really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if you get anything out of episode twenty one of Everything Comes from Something, we hope that you would just go and try some board games with people that you like. Yeah. Go to, if you if you have a board game cafe near you, seriously go. It's fun. It's fun. I've never tried that. I don't know. That's not something that has ever 
piqued my interest, but I think I'm willing to give it a shot, yeah. actually. Next time you come, we'll, we'll, we'll spend a couple hours in a board game cafe. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. I'm into that. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 21 of Everything Comes From Something. We are now transitioning to our post-show. If you like what we're doing, again, feel free to check out our Patreon. Even though Isaac can't speak in this episode, <laughs> I feel like... I am on something right now. Really? Maybe it was that Stumptown uh, was coffee it, we had. Or was it the, is it the smoke? I mean, is it making you foggy? <sighs> I have no idea. I've but been feeling fine. Like, I just have a little sore throat, and my eyes kind of burn a little bit, and I feel the, the cancer creeping up on me slowly. Wow. Um, but, but basically, I feel fine. We are now transitioning <laughs> to our post-show. Nothing to do with anything. Yep. Before we get to our Patreon questions. Ooh, yeah. There was something we were talking about. We were talking about f- about TikTok, <laughs> TikTok and Fortnite. I wanna I wanna go out on a Dude, limb. What's up with kids nowadays? It's crazy. I, I wanna go out on something here. Kids love Fortnite. Oh man. Okay. They do the Fortnite dance. I don't I don't blame them though. The game is like really friendly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand no, why people fair. hate kids and they're like, why do they <laughs> like Fortnite? I hate Fortnite. Have you played Fortnite? Yeah, I've played Fortnite. Fortnite is a good game. It's fine. I'm sorry. For people who say that the game sucks... No, it doesn't suck. Go play Fallout 76, you nerd. (laughs) Oh, wait. That game doesn't run. That game is a piece of trash, okay? (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. Fortnite runs on everything. It's a buttery 60 frames a second. The experience (laughs) is exactly what it promises. It is a battle royale with 100 people with building mechanics it is like i just think i just find the 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 fortnite culture i just find it cringe it's I, really cringe i 100 percent agree with that and i think that's why people people don't like fortnite you can say it's cringy but the game itself mechanically you know all the systems i don't in think it, that's what fine. people are are like angry about no though. but people tell me fortnite is a terrible game oh well, and i'm just like silly it's not a bad game it's a fine game it's just if you don't like it don't play it sure sure but if it's, I, if it's cringy it's culture's cringy whatever dude let them do their thing i don't it does not bother <laughs> me at all yeah yeah but have you seen these tiktok videos tiktok is off the chain man like i i spent i spent a little bit i spent maybe like 20 minutes the other day uh like just looking at these at the popular tiktok videos yeah because I was really fascinated. I'm I'm always fascinated when there's new. Um, it's like, a Vine ripoff. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll get to that. I'm always fascinated when there's new um, like video sharing platforms because uh-huh. often uh-huh. what it tells you is, um, well, often there's an evolution between um, the platform's restrictions and the comedy and the the editing that comes from from the media. Right, so like I'm a little lost on what you're saying there. Well, so when Vine came out, okay, um, it was intended for you know six second video clips. Got it. But what people started to do is, in order to there, there became a language associated with vines, right? And that happened organically from from the different styles of of edited content that was on Vine. This is hilarious, by the way, Cameron. What? A film major talks about (laughs) video production behind Vine videos. Because if you think about the, um, you can you could just think about this with YouTube, right? When YouTube started, what was it? There was like a seven minute limit 
on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? And so what you saw was three to five minute short, um, either like animated or sketch content, sketch comedy content. Yeah. And and that was built from the restrictions of the video platform. Right. And then once it once it became unlimited, now you see now what's the popular content? It's either 12, 12 to fifteen minute yeah. videos or hour to three hour long like live streams yeah that's like the serious content and so and so with vine what was super interesting was vine took took the shortest amount of time possible that you could tell a story and it gave people like a challenge and that that's why a lot of these vines are just really stupidly funny is because it's it's not it's not a lot of time to give background but it is Enough time to tell a funny story. It's just enough time. It's I, just I enough actually time. think Vine is hilarious. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And so the thing about TikTok that I find so fascinating is people are using the there. Well, I jumped into TikTok and I was like, "What is what is going on here?" I don't know what it is. So can you tell me what it is? Because I I, I I don't I, think I can. I, I don't think I can. <laughs> but but part of the. <laughs> Part of the language of TikTok, this is from what I've just observed. Part of the language of TikTok is taking other people's videos and mixing it with your videos. And then there's a there's a framing, there there's there's an element of framing that is universal to, to all these TikTok videos. So so it takes it takes music, um, like little clips of music mm-hmm. that you can lip sync to. I think that's what it was like originally for. There was like it it's like a way to lip sync your your videos. It is with definitely music. not becoming that anymore. No, no, it's not. But that's still a part of it, right? There's always background music. Um, I'm already tracer, <laughs> and so the, the but part of it has to do with like you can take other people's videos and put them next to your video, and so there's like this dual screen mode. It's always dual screen mode. I think. No, 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 no. Oh. You, there's like there's like ones that are that are single, single. screens. Yeah. But then, then there's other things where you can put multiple, not just dual screens, but like multiple you can have clips. Right? You can ha- yeah, you can have a line, and it's called a train, I think. Mm. Um, and so the f- first person in the train will start something, yeah, and then it'll be picked up by other people. So like I saw one where they're passing, oh, they're passing a bag of chips, and so they'll pass the bag of chips, and then they'll pass a bag of chips, and then one of them they throw it over the guy, and he's like, oh, and then the other guy catches it. And it's there's some like interesting editing stuff. It's nothing like super special. I'm not crazy about TikTok. I'm gonna be honest. And then there's there's ones where people will put like <laughs> an arm. <laughs> it's so weird. They'll have their body and yeah. it'll be like sideways, and then they'll put an arm <laughs> where their neck should be, but just like the arm part. And yeah. then they'll have their head <laughs> at the top. <laughs> So it'll just like be a I'm long, ar- yeah. long necked dude. I don't know. I'm so confused by it. It's, it's really stupid. It's very weird. But what I'm fascinated. It makes me feel old. Is oh, that that's. Weird? Uh, no, no, no. That's absolutely how I felt. And this is why I was bringing it up in terms of. We're Fortnite not even that kids. old, dude. I know. But I f- there's like. It's, a, it's like a whole new language. This is what I'm saying is like this new, this new social media platform and this new like editing platform creates a really organic but totally isolated language (laughs) for a certain generation because the vine was ours yeah but it's so it's so out of my element 
I completely do not understand it. So like there's ones where people it's like a, one specific song. Yeah. And then people will like hold up a sheet and then it'll be the start of the song and then they'll drop the sheet and then they'll be like wearing something different. It, okay. And I really just don't get it. It's not funny. <laughs> but apparently this is like content that well, people love. Well, that's weird because see, I was like, oh, this is a cringy platform. And then I saw a YouTube video my recommended that was like, oh, cringiest TikTok like videos. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I'll watch this. <laughs> and I watch it and it's like, I'm like, okay. Like, it's not that cringy and it's not it's pretty that cringy there's, well no there's it's, it's definitely really... cringy but it doesn't make me laugh cringy does that make sense yeah yeah it's, it's not like embarrassing cringy. it's like pain it's like oh like someone's making fun of someone lip syncing but that is the joke every single clip yeah every single clip yeah uh and then there are some that's like oh it's cringy or like it's hilarious and it's not funny at all yeah and and there's another one where they have there's a lot of Nerf guns in TikTok videos. This is something that I've noticed. Maybe they ban guns. Maybe. But the uh, there's one where they have, like, papers. Uh-huh. And then, like, at a drop in the song, they shoot the paper, and it shows a different a different note. Oh. And it's just, like, really stupid. Weird. It's a really stupid video platform. But I'm fascinated to see where it goes because as... Let me tell you where it goes. Bankruptcy. <laughs> No, no, no! It's super popular in China. It's not going bankrupt. Oh no! It's it's here to stay. What about that Vine though? <sighs> yeah, well, Vine didn't <laughs> didn't make it in international markets. Hmm. I am interested to see. I'm very skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, but, but in conclusion, and why I think it's it's an interesting thing, and it's totally certain people are gonna love this part of the podcast. Other people are gonna hate it. I feel like an anthropologist when looking at it, but like a film anthropologist, you know, because as it gets more and more, um, I hope I hope it stays disconnected from everything else. I hope it doesn't become integrated into into normal. Like remember when Snapchat was um, copied by Instagram, like Instagram Stories. Like Snapchat became utterly useless, so I hope TikTok stays its its own little platform, and keeps getting isol more is isolated and more isolated because the language is going to change in dramatic ways that we will not understand. And then we'll go back in like two years, and there will be something entirely different. People will be sharing like these weird, obscene things, and we'll just we'll just be sitting here like, what is what is the current generation doing with their life <laughs> Cameron you just want to be an old geezer no I'm, you've from high school you literally wanted to be an old geezer I mean yes that's true but but I'm fascinated I'm fascinated with social media video sharing platforms because I'm serious I do think they they develop their own it's like language production they develop their own language very cool um <laughs> <laughs> I I like I hear what you're saying and it's very interesting. And I just don't think that deeply about it. I'm just being honest with you. No, I know. I know. But, but I've never heard it from that perspective. It's very you're a very interesting person. <laughs> <laughs> when when I say interesting, I mean boring. Yeah, I mean no, I I I felt that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You gave me this look like shut. shut no, no, no. The shut. reason I was looking down at my phone while you're talking about that is because we have <laughs> 
we have questions. Questions. Let's from let's our, go into from questions. our patrons. Let's go. Into if you want to have a question on the show, it's quite easy. You give five dollars a month, and you get a question on the show. We hope to expand our Patreon benefits eventually. We have a goal of making it to two hundred dollars a month. We are going to get there. Yeah, I have no doubt. We're if you want to support us, do it. Do we it. would really appreciate it. Do it. And you can also get your questions on the show, which we will be reading in the post show. If it's not this episode, it will be next. But we don't have a ton of questions, so we're probably going to get through them. Yeah. This episode. Kid Tested Mother Approved, the podcast Ruben is the host of, yep. is now supporting our show, which is very sweet. He, he revealed that in the end of the last episode. He asked us this question. Would you rather have l- the legs of a baby or the arms of a baby? Hmm. I think it's easy. <sighs> legs of a baby or the arms of a baby. Well, if you had the arms of the baby, you couldn't play video games. You couldn't do any of the things that we talked about in this episode. You couldn't play guitar. That's why I'm going with legs. Okay. And at least you can make a Ryan Reynolds joke. Referring right. to Deadpool 2. I, don't, I didn't see that movie. There's a part where he has baby legs. What about, um, like, I guess you could kind of move like a monkey, you know? Like how monkeys have yeah. long arms and, like, kind of scoot themselves. And you can also use wheelchairs and things like that. Yeah, that, no, that, that wouldn't be that bad. I well, give that question a three out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was texting Darren. I was like, hey, Darren, you didn't send me your question for the show. <laughs> Let me know what it is. And he asks... Why did you skip class the last couple of days? Do you have no concept of scholastic integrity? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Darren. Wow, roasted. Roasted by Darren. Um, Well, I would say that I do not go to school just to sit there. That's my answer. School was canceled, if you did not know, by the California uh, smoke. There's fires going on, and this, the air quality is so bad that a lot of universities shut down. Yep, for my, school, my school shut down. Uh, he also asked, are you recording now? Yep. Uh, and then he also asked, <laughs> he couldn't decide on which question. Uh, this is more of a technical one. I'm curious upon this a few times. Oh, wait, no. You've touched on this a, <laughs> a few times. I'm curious. What is your process for setting up the podcast? Um, if you would like to know what we're running right now, we're using a Behringer mixer. It's a four channel, uh, it has four XLR channels and a couple quarter inch channels. We run two microphones. We also have other microphones for guests now. Um, but the Behringer has a direct to USB to the computer now. So we have like mixing controls on the go. Cameron is recording on a AT2020. It's audio technica mic. It's Amazon's recommended. I'm recording on a AKG vocal microphone that is more expensive than the 2020. Uh, it was lent to me, and the person who lent it was like, keep it as long as you want. So uh, it's pretty much a gift. Is but she it, a producer? It's a sweet. No, no. Uh, it's a, it is a sweet microphone. Shout out to Jewel. She was on episode 10. She let me use this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's a sweet mic. Um, really, what I'd like to touch on with this question, though, is what is our process for like preparing yeah we we kind of do have a have a process pretty locked down it's weird it kind of came into existence without even trying yeah what we usually do is we either get lunch coffee or dinner um and at at uh meal yeah at said meal slash coffee we decide the topic. <laughs> Not always. We <laughs> because usually, we're lazy. We'll, no, we'll text about the topic in advance. And, and a topic yeah, yeah, like yeah. this, we have been planning for a while. We were trying to get a board game expert on the show panel, you know, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we never got 
anyone for that. And I'm sorry to Mark, who was supposed to be on the show, and Jonathan, who also wanted to be on the show, but schedules did not permit. Yep. We wanted to get this board game episode out for you, Dan. We may so. be, I mean, to be honest, I was thinking about this earlier. We may just be able to to like have one of them on and do a follow-up episode in the future. Um, I, mean, I think it would be cool to get random people in the post-show. Oh, yeah. That, that would be an interesting idea to kind of follow up on certain topics. Um, yeah, but but to go back to our, our creative process, we, uh, we you know, we eat, we talk about the topic, um, we do a little research. Sometimes if we're, if we're like getting coffee, that's, that's like what we'll mm-hmm. specifically go for. We'll do research. Um, and then we'll, um, we'll talk about things that we really are interested in like about the topic yeah and we'll decide on a layout and and then come back and and hit the record button what i think is interesting is cameron and i are both passionate about board games but you'd be surprised how difficult it is to talk about board games for an hour oh yeah and it actually took a decent amount of planning for this one we had like sort of an open structure and we didn't know which points we're gonna stick on longer than others i mean even looking back at some of our older episodes, like the one we did on the voting ballot of the California ballots, we spent time studying all those ballots, oh, yeah. right? That, w- that was hard. Yeah, that was that was a tough episode. And it sucked because the first four were about bonds, and we broke that down for the first half hour. And then the last half hour, I was like, oh, crap. Usually, yeah, I'm the one. Rush. I'm watching the time, so I, I try to moderate how quickly we get through certain topics. The nice thing about board games is we could kind of talk about whatever, but when we have a set structure of certain information we want to get across... Like, we usually try to get through it. Yeah. Uh, another episode that was a good example of that is the presidential assassinations. Ooh, we yeah. had so much information to get through <laughs> that we wanted to share. We didn't really have much time to say any jokes or quips and whatnot. Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of one of the things that we're trying to fine-tune and balance is, like, how much input should we be giving and how much should it be informational? And I think people kind of like a balance. Um, at least that's the the... Uh, from what I've heard, and you know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but but uh, from what I understand, people like it when we're talking about something really that we're really passionate about, and um, we have a balance between information and and our personal take on it. Yeah, and it, and it's not always easy to strike that balance. No, sometimes um, it's really hard because I think it's also a struggle of free form searching and also uh, like relaying specific information yeah the the issue is for me is when structure isn't into the episode it starts to frustrate me as a listener because i do listen to a lot of podcasts right and so like even an episode like this one this is a pretty loose episode talking about board games and that you know just from like my standpoint i'm like already (laughs) i'm just gonna be real with you guys like i'm (laughs) i'm nervous about that i'm like is free form enough to entertain people well if they're here you know well if they made it this far right yeah, i mean <laughs> thanks for that right well but one of one of the one of our more freeform episodes that i think was w- really well received was our lego episode um people seem to really love the lego episode and that's actually what got kazu to to um to pledge i think dude i love legos um and so he like from what i heard that that was just people really liked that we we're talking about something that we were interested and passionate about. So I'm, I'm not too nervous about this in, this episode. I think uh, 
one of my fears going into this episode was that we were going to sit here and talk about the rules of games, which is so boring. Dude, that was a hard thing to avoid. Yeah, though, exactly. You know? We try, for people who don't know which games we're talking about, it's hard to try to give them an idea of what the games play like. Yeah. Um, the last question Darren sent our way was, are you going to your brother's birthday party? Uh, that's in about half an hour. Um, <laughs> and I still, speaking of Legos, I still have to wrap his gift. Yeah, that's <laughs> there true. There is a Lego I got him. Um... Last thing about our audio setup, we are running through GarageBand, yep. which is pathetic. <laughs> I hope to change that to Adobe Audition eventually. It's just Audition; it has a high learning curve. Isn't that but pathetic? I think GarageBand is fine. It's okay. We don't have a lot of post editing. I talked to a sound yeah. technician a little recently. I don't know if I told you about this. Yeah, but he recommended that we switch over to Audition. So eventually, I'm going to have to learn that so we can do some post editing. Sure. Um, one of the things we like about our show is that it's just raw. Yeah. The sad thing that sucks is that you have to hear, um, but like, you know, uh, <laughs> let me tell you all that stuff yeah, over and yeah, over yeah. again, but we're trying to get better when speaking. Um, yeah, this that's ep- also really tough. This episode, I am like trash. I will give you, <laughs> I will give you that. I am trash in this the, episode. So the thing, the thing that I think people don't realize, and this is something that we've talked about, um, off, off, off air, but. It's actually pretty difficult to fill an hour and a half show like with talking. It's really actually very tough. Well, what makes it easy is, you know, hanging with you, Cameron. No, exactly. That's the easy part about the show is that it's because we can talk for hours and hours, and it wouldn't be it it wouldn't be a problem. I bless the souls of the people around us when we hang out with them. Oh, it's in in public. We're on a different (laughs) different galaxy. It's like it's insane. (laughs) No, but but one of the problems is. People don't talk like people talk on the radio in real life. It's it's tough. And so transitioning our our the way we interact to more of a radio uh, broadcast is is a bit challenging. Like we have to. I think one of the things that we're we're looking to looking forward at is how do we keep our energy and our our the the chemistry that we bring to the show and make it more. Uh, pleasant for the for the listener and and i think that's something that we um we have to we have to figure out yeah no matter what i think it will be enjoyable for cameron and i yeah yeah but we want to make something that other people can enjoy as well no exactly so we're willing to sell our souls yeah (laughs) last question from producer kiana lay she asks if salary and money were not a concern what career would you pursue what would what would you do specifically if wait, if money wasn't a, if money and salary, oh, were not okay, okay, factors okay. of concern, what would your dream careers be? That's what she. Oh, I me. would I would make all the movies. Well, I th- I think that one was coming. coming y- yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I am not set on it. Yeah, I actually don't know. Like I love economics, but I don't know if I'd want to be an economist if I didn't have to worry about money. Sure. Right. Uh, well like your salary like salary. would you do that would you do that if you if you know you got paid comfortably as in like you didn't have to worry about what you were doing for a living like would you I, still love money that? but like would you yeah would you do that if it was just like yeah I get 150 I grand or I don't think I would do it I don't think I would I would rather do something more creative honestly yeah it's I'm split between choosing this show, no joke, or at least some sort of podcast. Yeah. Because this is what I consider like my creative energy. If I if I didn't have to worry about working, 
this show would be way, way more high in production. <laughs> uh, like yeah, I would yeah, put yeah, way absolutely. too much time into it and just, you know, doing that. But right now I'm in school. I'm also working. Yeah. I also have a girlfriend. I also have social life. You know, I'm trying right. to make sure I don't become obese and things like that. <laughs> I have so many things I'm doing. And this podcast is just one of the lucky things I try to make time for. Right. Right. Um, but I think it would either be between doing this show like full time or, hmm, what's the last thing? Oh, making music. Like I really enjoy making music. Yeah. I'm not good at it. But if I had like all the time in the world, like, yeah, like I would totally do that. That'd be so much fun. Well, and uh, if you had all the time in the world, you could, um, you could potentially get better at it, right? You know, like yeah, you, could, yeah, yeah. you could spend 10, 10 hours a day just practicing. Well, well I will that's s- what people do. I will say like I've put a lot of time in, into the music that I have played and whatnot mm-hmm. and I'm playing live. Like I, I play in front of my church. So I've been doing that for a long time and it's something that I don't want to lose yeah. just as I'm getting into my other careers. And it sucks because I haven't had very much time to, you know, continue my practice with that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But that's definitely something that I'm interested in in doing creatively. You know, money is a factor. And so I'm not giving up these dreams. Instead, I hope to sort of like flourish and slowly fuel my, my creative passions and whatnot as I continue with like my business career and whatnot or whatever, whatever career I decide to do. And eventually, hopefully if I give my creative passions enough fuel, I can be able to flip my resources into doing those full time. Yeah, for sure. No. So, so one of the things that I've thought about um, doing, and I, I think I would be really passionate about it is um, finding things to make really interesting documentaries about. So when you, when you, have you ever heard a story and been like, man, that is so cool. I would watch how that goes down. Like I would really, I'm really interested in this and would love to know more, but nobody is going to make a documentary about this. Mm, mm. And, and and so like the most recent idea that I had was um, there's this group called IJM, International Justice Mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically they um, help people out of um, sex slavery and, um, just international slavery in general. Awesome. Um, and so they, what they do is they go on, they they actually like go on raids in these different towns and and they rescue people. And so there's a group in India. They call them the uh, the ninja nuns. <laughs> what the heck? And it's a group. It's a it's a a house of nuns who work with IJM and IJM helps. Um, law enforcement get information and goes on raids with them. And then as they're going on the raids, these ninja nuns go in behind them in plain clothes and uh, rescue the girls who are in this, this sex slavery. Mm. And I was like, Oh my goodness, that would be the coolest documentary. If you, if you go on, like if you get a camera crew to go on a raid with these ninja nuns, that would be awesome. That would be so cool. That would be awesome. And so, like, if if money was no cons- that's never going to get funded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like that is never going to get funded. But if money wasn't a concern, I would totally like learn about very strange, very random things that are happening in the world that should have stories behind them and do yeah. have stories behind them. It's almost. Huh. 
it's almost like historian-esque. Yeah. Right? And I think documentaries get a bad rap. For from, being boring. For being boring, yeah. right? I think you would be really good at doing a short documentary, Cameron. Yeah, I think so. Like, short, like well, that'd be cool if you built some foundation on, like, 10-minute documentaries. Yeah. That were speed... Like, I think a lot of documentaries rely on narration. And I think that narration is important. But the most powerful yeah. points of documentaries that I've seen are testimonial and showing, not telling. Totally, totally. Uh, but that's I, hard. That's really hard to I do. Know, I know, but I think you could do it. I think you could do it, honestly. I mean, it would be really awesome. Another thing that I've thought about doing, um, and this is something that I still plan on doing when I hopefully am older and more successful, is um, I would love... I think there's something missing in our... Um, in our education system. And the thing is, I think kids are naturally really good story t- storytellers. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that we just don't do is we don't give kids enough tools to express their ideas in in stories. And so one of my one of my th- dreams or goals or whatever, I would love to build a foundation and have a contest, especially in like maybe inner city areas, places that are really poor and and don't have a lot of funding for this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I would love to to be like, okay, I'm going to give you all of the tools that you need to to make a short film. And you're going to, if you're passionate about this and you really want to do this, I think you could be able to. And I think it it's important to hear these these kids stories Mm. um and they i think we don't give kids a lot of credit for for the things that they um that they're experiencing and and want to tell and so i think with a little bit of training with a little bit of of help and support i would love to see these you know younger more impoverished kids be able to tell stories through film i think that's super important so that's something that i would love to do dude i think I th- i'm pretty sure you'll get to do some of this stuff <laughs> i'm excited for you it'll be fun to listen to this episode or at least the end of this episode eh, maybe the whole episode in the future <laughs> yeah. well ladies and gentlemen this has been episode 21 of everything comes from something any last thoughts cameron we're legal drinking age now <sighs> next episode will be older by golly yep i don't know what that was <laughs> <laughs> all right This is Isaac and Cameron signing off. Ooh.